You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Yes, this is Locked On Pelicans, not the Los Angeles Pelicans or anything like that. Apparently had a bit of a slip of the tongue in yesterday's podcast. This is what I get for doing this from a hotel room thrown out of my element, but we're going to try and be better today. And we're back with another big show because there's some news on the Pelicans front in free agency. Linked to, yeah, you guessed it, Tobias Harris. I'm going to explain why this would be a good fit for the Pelicans, why I'd actually be okay with them throwing all of their free agent money at him. Then we've got some news coming from the team as well. They are not picking up qualifying offers on two free agents. Who are those guys? I'll tell you, and I'll explain why they're probably not going to be back in a Pelicans uniform next season. Then we've got some craziness going on with Jimmy Butler and the Houston Rockets, and we'll just catch up on a ton of the free agency rumors flying right now. So let's dive into it in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So let's dive into the big topic of the day, and that's Shams over at The Athletic talking about how the Pelicans are going to have some interest in Tobias Harris this offseason. At first, this move, I was kind of tepid on. Yes, he's a very good player. He does a lot of things that the Pelicans would like, but do they want to use all of their cap space on him somewhere between 28 to 32, 33 million dollars? And that's what it would take. He's going to get a max deal this offseason in free agency. That's a lot. You know, it, it doesn't let them make kind of those other moves maybe that they want to make in those culture-bearing veterans, something that I think is really, really important to David Griffin to bring into this team, uh, unless they're going to sign for the vet minimum, and maybe they would, but still, you might price yourself out of those guys. You have fewer options available then. And it doesn't mean you can take salary dumps in during the regular season or even during this offseason and getting future first round picks or future assets or good young players along with a team like maybe the Clippers dumping Gallinari or the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder dumping Steven Adams. So does Tobias Harris, just from that perspective, make a lot of sense for New Orleans? And then I started watching some film, diving into some of the numbers, and really thinking about this, and the answer is absolutely yes. So let's take a look at some of the things here with him. Obviously, he's an excellent player, traded from the Clippers to Philadelphia last season. In total last season, averaged an even 20 points per game to go with 7.9 rebounds, 2.8 assists. Um, He also grabbed, where are the numbers, half a steal and half a block per game, shot from the field 48.7% and almost 40% from deep, 39.7% on pretty good volume, 4.8 attempts per game. Also got to the free throw line at a respectable enough rate, 3.7 times. If you just want to look at his 27 games with Philly after the trade, 18.2 points per game, 7.9 rebounds and 2.9 assists. So the scoring numbers dropped a little bit, but his usage went down a slight bit too. So Those numbers by themselves are good. This is a guy who can clearly score, rebound, shoot the ball exceptionally well, get to the line. He moves the rock just enough and kind of creates a little bit for others too. This is the type of guy you want here on this Pelicans team in New Orleans next season. He fills that hole at the small forward position, except 
they have Brandon Ingram, and that's a bit of an issue because coming over in that trade from the Lakers, getting Brandon Ingram to have a lot of value either so that he's a good player and you want to re-sign him because he's going to be a restricted free agent or raising his value up so that you can trade him is going to be really important. And if he's coming off the bench and not playing, you know, close to 36 minutes off the bench, which maybe he would, uh, is going to be a bit difficult to do. So it's kind of of the utmost importance to the Pelicans to develop Ingram and really showcase him and let him kind of go and be a very good player, which he showed at times in Los Angeles. Tobias Harris just complicates that a little bit more. There's also the issue of, well, you have this being Drew Holiday's team. Do you want Zion to be kind of the number two guy? Because if you bring in Tobias Harris, Zion's looking to be your maybe third option at best. And maybe that's not what you want for Zion's development. But could it still work? And I think the answer to some of this is yes. If you really look at Tobias Harris and his numbers after uh, throughout his career, he doesn't need an incredibly high usage rate to be very effective. So usage rate basically measures if you end a play. So you take a shot, you turn the ball over, something like that, what have you. And he doesn't have a high one. Over in Philly, where they have a number of guys with uh, who want the ball in their hands, going from um, Jimmy Butler, then you've got Joel Embiid, you also have Ben Simmons, J.J. Redick doesn't really have a high usage rate, but you get what I'm saying. Tobias Harris is basically like the fourth or third option on that team during that time. And it showed. He's got a usage rate of 21.3%. So he used 21.3% of possessions when he was on the court with the Philadelphia 76ers last year. It was 23.5% with Los Angeles last year. The year before that with the Clippers, it was 23.5% as well. God, that's a consistent number right there. So he's basically been under 24% for his whole career. Look at the usage rate here in New Orleans for a number of guys last year, and it kind of fits. Anthony Davis obviously led the team with 29.5%. Julius Randle was 27.8%. Christian Wood, in those final eight games that he played, 26.9%. And then Drew Holiday was 25.4%. And you finally had Nikola Mirotic kind of coming up, if you want maybe the guy who would play it, he would play a similar role to, to having 21.7%. So his career numbers for usage rate are kind of in line with a lot of those guys who have been good third or fourth options for New Orleans. You figure Holiday's going to increase his usage a little bit and get the ball a little bit more, go out and score a little bit more, and just kind of generally be the man. But there's no reason, even with Zion in the mix, that Tobias Harris can't be a very productive player, whether that's the second or third option on the team, or maybe even fourth. And his numbers kind of bear that out. It wasn't like he was just constantly with the ball in his hands over in Philadelphia. In fact, he averaged where the numbers here, as I'm scrolling through so many tabs open, He only took, what is it, 14.8 shot attempts per game in Philadelphia. That's pretty good. And if you kind of look at that on New Orleans, it kind of still fits in line with kind of what you're expecting. That would put him at fourth best this past season on New Orleans. There is clearly a way a guy like him being on a max deal and still needing the ball would fit into everything New Orleans is doing. And then you look at his comments. So is this a realistic chance that New Orleans has to sign him? He's got some comments out there that he said very recently that are kind of interesting about this. And this is the quote. This was on the Bleacher Report um, draft live stream. Quote, the most important thing for me, I would say, is style of play. 
That's the most important thing for me. That's big for myself and my game, how I envision myself playing, envision myself growing, and getting better year after year. So style of play for my type of game is the number one thing I'm looking for in free agency. End quote. He goes on to clarify what that style of game is. Quote, up and down, spread the floor, floor kind of like what everyone pictures the modern day NBA to be. Let's shoot threes, get downhill, let's get to the free throw line because those are the most efficient ways to score. But ball movement is the biggest thing. So that's the style of play is so that style of play is most fitting to me. End quote. Sound like an offense you've heard of before? Yeah, New Orleans. Well, Jimmy Butler, let me just kind of throw some of the stats at you here. If you want an up and down style of play, New Orleans had the second highest pace during the regular season, 103.89 possessions per NBA.com. Atlanta is the only team that had more, and you're not going there. We all know that. What about, though, getting to the free throw? So up and down pace of play, check. Free throw line, did they get there all that often, given that we kind of talked about this yesterday with Lonzo Ball, that really needing to be a priority for him? Well, New Orleans ranked 11th best, top, top half here, of getting to the free throw line. So this team does actually do it. Now, they're losing Anthony Davis and Julius Randle, who are the guys that did the most, most likely losing Julius Randle. So we'll see if that continues. But clearly, the offense can get guys to the charity stripe. What about, though, the passing? That's big for Jimmy Butler, or not Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris. Well, the New Orleans Pelicans ranked 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 7th best in terms of passes made per game. They averaged 307 or 309.7 passes per game. Yeah, it's pretty good. What about potential assists per game? New Orleans still coming in 7th there at an opportunity if you hit all of your shots for 47.8 uh, potential assists per per game. What about secondary assists? That shows a lot of ball movement too, right? New Orleans, not as great in that area, but they were still, they ranked right at 15th, so still in the top half of the league during this past season. This fits everything he's really looking for. And if it's not necessarily winning, or you think if you get to the right style of play, the right type of team, and then the winning will come from that, well, then New Orleans is perfect for him, right? This is a team that's only going to get better as the uh, the years go on here, and he would likely sign a four-year max deal, so he's getting about $32 million per year. This team's only going to improve while he's here. So he can step in, play his style of the game, and then potentially have a lot of winning success. And by the way, a core of Drew Holiday, Tobias Harris, a young Zion, plus whatever you keep from the Los Angeles Lakers deal, maybe a Jackson Hayes and other guys like that too— that team's going to get into the playoffs in the Western Conference. So, Tobias Harris, you want to come on down to New Orleans? Because, again, it makes a lot of sense, and he fits a lot of what New Orleans does. He's kind of a player in the mold of Nikola Mirotic, and you saw the success that Mirotic had here. Just Tobias Harris is a whole lot better than that. So, overall, this is something that makes a lot of sense based off of his most recent comments out there. You've got to wonder if it could work. And, oh, by the way, Josh Hart's doing some recruiting of him, trying to get him to come down. So, he's already getting some pressure applied from guys who aren't even officially a member of the New Orleans Pelicans just yet. So good on you, Josh Hart. And hey, Tobias Harris makes a lot of sense to come play for the Pelicans next season. Let's see if the team makes it happen. 
So we're going to talk about it in the next segment too. I'm going to explain also why this isn't a big deal if they do spend all of their money on Tobias Harris when I know people are kind of excited about the idea of what you could get with a salary dump. So why is Tobias Harris better than that? We'll talk about that in the next segment coming up as well here. So don't forget though, Locked on Pelicans comes to you Monday through Friday, five days a week. The only podcast giving you everything you want to know Monday through Friday about this Pelicans team and how much fun it is to be a fan right now. We cover all of the topics that you want to hear. So whether you're a new listener or a listener who's been with me through the beginning, I appreciate you all tuning in. Please subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review. Helps keep this free and five days a week for you. And come on, you can't get enough Pelicans right now. So please make sure you subscribe. Get the latest episode right when it drops. And you can do that through wherever you get your podcast from. So why is this option potentially better than just signing those mid to lower tier guys that we've talked about? Maybe one kind of big name in the mix there. And then keeping that salary cap space and essentially renting it to other teams to to take on a contract that they don't particularly like. Again, we can use Danio Gallinari. There we go. And Steven Adams is potential examples of this. The Pelicans charge you a price to rent their cap space for those guys so that you don't have to have them on your books. Can potentially save you a lot of money, let you uh, sign a player in free agency or make another trade, what have you. Pelicans get a nice asset and they weren't using that cap space anyway. You know what? As much as we like the idea of accumulating more and more first round picks and assets and building a war chest, Pelicans already have one. You know, it's not like they're hurting for A, young guys, or B, future picks when you've got the Lakers thrown in there, all the future seconds they're owed, and now you've got that potential first-round pick from the Cleveland Cavaliers next season that's likely going to turn into two seconds unless they end up kind of making the playoffs or ended up being a pretty decent team. You don't necessarily need more things. You know what's better than that? Tobias Harris is better than whatever potential future first-round pick you're going to get for taking on Steven Adams from Oklahoma City, who don't really have future first-round picks to give until like 2022, 23, 24, 25, somewhere in that range. Tobias Harris is better than that. If it doesn't work, that's a guy who's going to be in demand in the NBA always, and you can flip him. And then you get more stuff for trading him in a year or two if for whatever reason he wants out or it doesn't work. You'd get more so for him than you would if they were just using their cap space to take on a bad contract. So overall, it just makes a lot more sense for New Orleans to do this than it would be to not use the cap space. I'm fine if you don't really strike it rich in free agency in terms of the players you want. Don't sign guys just to sign guys. But if you can get someone who's good, whether that's an Al Horford or, in this case, Tobias Harris, yeah, you make the move to bring in those guys. So, other free agent news for the Pelicans. They are not offering two guys these those restricted free agent tenders, which is Czech Diallo and Stanley Johnson. Neither of these come as a huge surprise, given kind of what we saw from those guys last season and the fact that that front court for New Orleans is getting a little bit more crowded, at least in Diallo's case. So Diallo, former second round pick that they took up high um, in the second round, the third pick in the second round, 33 overall a couple of years ago, just hasn't, I guess, developed the way they'd liked or hasn't kind of taken that proverbial leap that they would have hoped for. One of probably the hardest workers on the team, he'd been back and forth between the G League and the NBA for his first two seasons. He's been playing in Summer League. He's doing all of this and working just as hard as anyone on that roster. And it just really hasn't come together for him. He's still a relatively young guy. Didn't play a ton at Kansas in his time there either. His uh, career averages with the Pelicans, let's look at last season. That's the more important one. Six points per game 
grabbed 5.2 rebounds as well. That was really it. Did it on 62% shooting on 4.2 attempts per game because he's basically right there at the rim um, taking shots. He did this in just a shade over 14 minutes per game. Um, didn't really get to the free throw line at all one attempt per game. And that's about what he does. He's just an energy guy who's happens to, who can run in transition, who's very springy and bouncy, and is also just a pretty fun guy to root for with the Wakanda Forever um, celebration that he did. But it just never worked out for him. His per 36-minute numbers look really good. That's uh, this past season would have averaged 15.5 points per game and 13.3 rebounds. Those are good, good numbers. Uh, but the problem is the fouling and the defense has not been there. His per 36 minute foul numbers last season, four and a half fouls per game. The year before that, it was 5.1 fouls per 36 minutes. That's not going to get it done. I think that's the reason why you're seeing the Pelicans not tender him a contract, making him an unrestricted free agency. Certainly, he will latch on somewhere, likely at the veteran minimum. And don't be surprised if maybe New Orleans brings him back if he doesn't really have suitors out there. The other guy that's kind of interesting in all of this that they're not tendering that qualifying offer to, Stanley Johnson, the wing player that they brought in last season, um, closer to the NBA trade deadline. And this also... No real surprise. His career just didn't pan out in New, uh, in Detroit. After the trade, he averaged 5.3 points per game, 2.3 rebounds, 1.6 assists. He did it shooting just 41.8%. He's a career 37.4% shooter from the field. Um, he shot 32.4% from deep, 29.3% for his career. His qualifying offer was going to be something like $4.5 million. There was no chance that they were going to throw that out there and have him potentially take up $4.5 million on their cap next season. Um, and he's not going to be worth anything like that, unfortunately. He'll likely latch on with another team as well. This is a guy who is excellent on defense, on the court, tries unbelievably hard, has a very, very high motor. Just got to wonder, though, if he can really score at the level required from him in the NBA. And we'll see. So we'll see if he ends up at another team somewhere. I've heard some stuff that it could go either way. So best of luck to both Diallo and Stanley Johnson. Still, don't be surprised if Diallo comes back. Don't see the same case happening for Stanley Johnson next season. So before we get to what's going on in Houston, why I think it's just a weird situation in general, and also what it could mean for New Orleans, because there is some potential for that. Again, don't forget, when you get in your car in the morning on your way to work, on your drive home from work, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Pelicans, coming to you guys five days a week, giving you everything you want to know about this team. So make sure you tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Pelicans. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star rating. So there's a weird situation playing out with the Houston Rockets, and that's them, despite not having cap space, trying to get Jimmy Butler and looking to get a meeting with him when free agency opens. And frankly, by leaking all of this to the press, this has got to be a way of tampering, and it's so unbelievably weird, and I think we've kind of jumped the shark on all of this. So their plan is meet with Jimmy Butler and then convince it, tell him to go to the 76ers and say, you need to trade me to Houston in a signing trade so that I can play there. And hey, you guys will get something in return instead of losing me for nothing. But this only works if Jimmy Butler has another team that he legitimately would want to sign for that has cap space. Let's for hypothetically say the Lakers, to use an example here, he goes, look, 
trade me to Houston. That's where I want to be. But if that doesn't, if you don't, I'm going to go sign with the Lakers and you're not going to get anything whatsoever for me in return. And I'm just going to leave and they're going to be over the cap. So they really can't go and do anything. And it's just kind of weird because it's kind of a bluff you're looking for them to maybe not call. And other than that, you have to basically have Philly be your third choice. One being Houston, two being the team with camp space, three being Philly. And it's just so weird to try and make this work. And by the way, it's going to be 100% tampering. The um, Anthony Davis was fine. I was going to say the Lakers were fine. The Anthony Davis was fine and his agent were fined 50000 for basically publicly leaking a trade request. This is them publicly saying, we're going to try and get Jimmy Butler to request a trade. That's just as tampering. I don't understand this, and I think we've kind of really hit the breaking point on things. I mean, all the players on draft night not wearing the hats of the team that's, that they're actually going to play for, and we can't officially consummate these trades until the 6th. And why is the draft before all of that then? Shouldn't it be after free agency in general? And all of this stuff is just so bizarre in the first place. I don't really get it or understand it. Uh, well, I understand it. It just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And I think we're kind of at the point where in the next CBA, they really need to negotiate like a better window on how all of these transactions get done. So the Houston Rockets now are looking to dangle Clint Capella um, or a guy like Eric Gordon for future first round picks to trade him into some cap space and then maybe flip that future first round pick to Philadelphia to make that signing trade a little bit more appealing. Or maybe they could include a guy like... Uh, Capella or Eric Gordon in that trade. Gordon's a useful player, can hit some threes, can kind of be your primary ball handler at times. And then Capella's also a really good option. This is a big that protects the rim, is great in the pick and roll, and overall is on a pretty good contract, making something like $18.5 million per season. It's really not bad. So it means New Orleans, if they don't end up with a Tobias Harris, could really make a run at, a, at, at the Houston Rockets and try and get involved in this trade and get back Clint Capella. Even if you have to send out a future first, Clint Capella is better than any pick that you're probably going to get back for taking on a player. So it's one of those things where, yeah, this kind of makes a lot of sense for New Orleans to maybe kind of get in. The thing with Capella is he's very similar in a mold of player to Jackson Hayes, who the Pelicans just drafted. So maybe there's too much overlap there. And I think if you add another big to this team, you'd like it to be one that can shoot, that can space the court so that if you get Zion Williamson out there with with that big, it at least gives you different lineups to run and test out Zion in. So I don't know from that perspective if Capella makes a lot of sense, but his contract is pretty good. Also, I have no idea what at all the Houston Rockets are trying to do with this. I described this to the Lockdown Pelicans group chat as this. Say you really like mozzarella sticks and you're about to make some delicious mozzarella sticks. You kind of fill a pot with oil and you start putting your mozzarella sticks in. But if you, you kind of do it poorly, you can overflow the pot and all of a sudden the oil flies out of there. So everything goes well. You make some really crispy, hot, like melty, delicious mozzarella sticks. And it's awesome. But if you threw too much oil in there or you put too many mozzarella sticks in the pot at the time, the oil overflows, hits your burner, and all of a sudden you've got a grease fire going on. That is a far bigger issue when you just really wanted to try and make some mozzarella sticks here, right? Making mozzarella sticks is like assembling the team. Chris Paul's a mozzarella stick in this case. So is James Harden. And so is Jimmy Butler. And the oil is just kind of the team dynamic of everything, meaning it's all kind of combustible. There's some volatile things in play that 
maybe things will go well and don't become an issue, but also maybe do become an issue and you overflow that pot and it creates issues that way. So I don't know what they're looking to do. You know, if you lose Eric Gordon, click Capella and you bring in Jimmy Butler, are they a better team? I, I think so because Jimmy Butler is better than any of those two players in a vacuum, but that's not necessarily what they need. And with the West being more wide open than ever before, I don't know if this is the right move or if it's the wrong move. And it could kind of go either way, and it just kind of depends on what else you do, and if you, you know, if that pot overflows with the with the oil and creates a fire. Which, by the way, very good chance that that could happen with the roster that they're building. But you know what? Let a division rival go and do something like this. Maybe they could find for tampering, and their owner, their new owner Tillman Fertitta, has been a bit of a cheapskate, so maybe he doesn't like that. Maybe it just has negative consequences all around, and that's only a good thing here for Pelicans fans. So we're going to see what's going to happen as the concert going on right outside my hotel room just got really loud. So that's probably a good place to end it here on today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. Again, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review. I'm all aboard the, the Tobias Harris trade or train train. There we go. So let's get it done. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Be back with you all tomorrow.